Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Today I have with me Eve Molson. Eve lives in La Crosse, Wisconsin. She has a big, wonderful dog career. And uh, so Eve, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I have owned a doggy daycare boarding and training business for the last eight years, but my history with dogs started actually 20 years ago. I was asked to sit on the board for a service dog organization who trained dogs for autistic children, uh, physically disabled and seizure response. And I'd always loved dogs. So I was like, ooh, this sounds interesting. Sure, I'll sit on a board. You know, in my mind, you sit on a board, right? You're, you're just shuffling paperwork and having conversation. Oh, no, no, this was a working board. So I had to take in a foster puppy and raise it to become a service dog. So that really kind of launched me into the benefits of having pets in a larger capacity. And then also how that relationship between a dog and a human um, can happen organically and how we can help to make sure that that relationship is very solid. And uh, so 20 years ago, that experience kind of walked me down the path and I love learning. Um, I love watching dogs' behaviors and eventually just said, you know what, I need to do this on a bigger scale and uh, opened up a dog daycare and boarding facility. And then that has just kind of keep manifesting itself <laughs> into that, more and more things. That's just so interesting. And I love, I've always loved the idea of a doggy daycare. And I, I can just kind of hear my dad now going doggy daycare. But tell us why have dogs in a doggy daycare? So people have un, long understood um, the love that they get and the emotional relationship they have with their pets. The downfall is we have to work for a living and we have lives outside of our relationship with our pets, um, kids and sports and those types of things. So one is just that need of caring for their pet when they're not home. Uh, the second piece to that is we're becoming more knowledgeable on the needs of our pets. Truly pets are pack animals um, from a dog's perspective anyways. And they like that camaraderie. They like to have their buddy. Um, that is also why 32% of households are more than one pet owner. They'll have two dogs or a dog and a cat. Um, even people who have fish will have a hamster or a bird. So it, it just comes down to understanding that the animals have a social need to fulfill as well. So we kind of fit two molds for that. Um, one is I love my pet and I want them to have a better life um, when I'm not home and not just snoozing on the couch or ruining the couch, take yeah. your pick. <laughs> <laughs> and, and two, um, letting your dog have that social interaction. So daycare really evolved out of those two fundamental needs um, and acknowledgements on the human's part. And then there's a lot of other training and psychological pieces that have also now evolved as daycares have evolved. Um, you know, originally daycares were like, oh, let's just put all the dogs in a room and we'll just stand there and watch them. Um, that's really how it started. And now it's evolved to, okay, it's from nine to 10 a.m. Um, we play with tennis balls and we're learning how to fetch and we're learning how to sit and we're learning how to drop. And from 10 to 11, now it's rest time. Everybody just chill, relaxation, put on calming music. 11 to 12, okay, now we're gonna work on tug toys. And um, again, when to tug, when to let go, how to do pressure, release. And so enrichment has started to work its way into our daycare environments, which again, helps those dogs be better household members when they go home at the end of the day. 
Yeah, I think for me, the idea of a doggy daycare is, it is really natural because they do need that socialization. I have a dog that needs a lot of socialization because, you know, she's kind of snotty when she's not around other dogs. She, (laughs) for lack of way to put it, she is, and I've always had to dog this large, large margin charge. Uh, And I think that socialization really kind of takes that down a notch and, and uh, I think that's just better for them as, as dogs for sure. Oh, absolutely. I think all of us humans have really felt it with this COVID thing, right? Yeah. We've all gotten a little snappy and a little grouchy because we're we're not socializing. Yeah. You know, we don't have that release. And so daycares allow for that. Um, And then it allows the dogs to work on behaviors as well and just become, again, better household members. And I like to say household members because, you know, kids, have their own energy, right? They come home from school and they're like, oh, kids have zoomies and kids need to get out that energy too. But it sends the dog over the top, right? So both the human and the dog learn their relaxation techniques, where's our boundaries and those types of things. So it makes it so much easier for people to keep pets in their homes. And that, that has been one of our missions with our daycare is to make sure that we are providing a safe, affordable experience for the pets because we don't want to see people sending their pets off to shelters and rescues or rehoming simply because they can't handle the dog's energy. And the training of that energy, I think is really important that you brought up. You don't want Fido eating the couch. And you also, on the other hand, uh, you don't want to have to leave them in the crate all day, no matter how nice and how good of a crate it is. It's yeah, it's their doggy cave. It's their dog den. In some ways, it's natural to crate train a dog. Eight, 10 hours a day isn't good for them. And it isn't good for you because I know there have been times when I've had to leave my dog in a crate. And I, I worry about them. I don't want to have to do that. I don't want to have to come home to a dog who is, uh, who needs to get outside, who maybe has been holding it all day, who just has that energy and I'm tired from a day's work. So I think that's why a doggy daycare is really important. Oh, absolutely. We talk a lot about crate training pets and how you should always do that. That should always be your plan B because yeah, your dog needs mental stimulation and exercise and mental stimulation should not be there sitting on the back of the couch, barking at everything that goes by as mentally stimulating as that is for the dog really not appropriate. And so by giving them that outlet of doggy daycare is really important. And and those are things that people need to really consider when they're like, well, I'm home all the time and I can take my dog for a walk and I can do this. Great. And is your dog socializing with other dogs? Is your dog really exerting their level of energy or are they exerting your level of energy? So even retired individuals um, have brought their dogs to us for daycare. You know, they don't have to, they're home, mm-hmm. but they understand the, the benefits to it, that the dog needs to be a dog yeah. and not just my pet. Yeah. And dogs aren't humans. I think we, I humanize my dogs and then I, I talk to them and I think that's good for the dog and for their mental growth, but they aren't just furry humans. In some ways, they are that part of the family, but they need to be a part of a pack. I think doggy daycare is such the, the great outlet for that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We, uh, 
we do fun stuff too. You know, we had a Valentine's party where the dogs made paw Valentines for their humans and they got a little treat and their picture taken. So there's those fun things for the pet parents. But yeah, actually you really hit on it. The dogs are not humans. We give them a lot of human attributes and emotions and we can't solve all their problems with love. Yeah. For sure. Beyond the doggy daycare, I'm sure you see a lot of things with pet parents, even pre-COVID or during COVID. What is the biggest struggle you see pet parents having? Separation anxiety. We saw that before COVID because again, people think the dog is a little human and they didn't set boundaries and they don't set rules. And so then all of a sudden the dog is like, oh my gosh, I, I can't live without you, the human being present and telling me what to do and how to do it or, or what have you. And then the second type of separation anxiety we're seeing now after COVID is I've never socialized with anybody outside of their human pack. So they come to daycare and they're in with the dogs and they're probably doing fine. And then as soon as the attendant walks into their play group, their handler, they're jumping and biting the handler and just going, oh my gosh, don't leave me. Oh my gosh, don't leave me. Oh my gosh, you're a human. Please don't leave me. And they are somewhat vicious to the handlers. And that was something we didn't see very often prior to COVID that we're seeing now, because again, those dogs are just so human, 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 human. Yeah. I like dogs, but you're my person. And that's just not appropriate behavior. I mean, if you had your 90 year old grandmother come over and the dog is jumping and biting at them because they're just so excited to see a human, they, they could hurt them mm-hmm. um, and or a small child. So that's a new issue that we're working on. And, it, and so we're really working on teaching that dog what behavior is appropriate, which is you can run over to me and then sit and then you'll get a pet. Yeah. And you do what I want and I'll do what you want. It's reciprocal. Yeah, definitely. It is a reward. Dogs are wonderful in that way, especially if they're food motivated. (laughs) Absolutely. We're all food motivated, aren't we? I mean, you give me cheesecake, I'll do something. (laughs) For sure. No, I have a sister in Montana who, who her dog has Addison's and it is not food motivated in any way. Zero, nothing. So, but training for her, thank goodness was easy. (laughs) Yeah. I was just say like in a, in a daycare environment where you have 20 dogs together, I don't have food. So that's where, you know, that becomes the difficult part is okay. Tools in my toolbox. I can give love and affection. I can redirect to something else, a ball or a toy. Um, I can remove the dog from the situation and give them a timeout, which for some dogs is effective and some dogs it's not. Um, And then the fourth piece to it is having that open, honest communication with the pet parent. Be like, hey, did you know that your dog like freaks out when they see a human, like just wants to love them so much that they're jumping and nipping and biting? Oh yeah, it does it all the time. I can't stand that. Okay, well, let's work on this. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. so it's, it sounds like with the doggy daycare, it's, it's also to help build a relationship with the pet parent to help them build better relationships with their dogs. Correct. Because so many times, especially first time dog owners will be like, I didn't know. I don't know what's right and what's wrong. I don't know how to have a better relationship. And so walking them through that process is really important. And, you know, right now veterinarians are super busy. 
and there's a shortage. So we as daycare providers, as animal relationship providers have really tried to step up and help provide more information to people. But uh, yeah, the separation anxiety is, is getting to be pretty bad. Um, for a lot of pet parents, again, everybody was home. Yeah, Kids are going back to school. Some people are going back to offices or just if the kids aren't home, the dog wants attention and they need to be on their Zoom call. Mm -hmm. So um, working through the two different types of separation anxiety, the one where the dog is jumping and nipping and biting because they're just super excited to see the human. And the other side of it is the dogs that start destroying the house and, or they come to daycare and they're just so shut down because they've not been outside the four walls of their home in a year. So we kind of have both um, sides to separation anxiety, for lack of a better term, and really working through, through both of them. The dogs that come that are super terrified because they've never left their backyard and their four walls of their house, uh, we'll let them drag a leash in daycare in the pack environment. So we don't have to step into their personal space. So I'll grab the end of the leash off the floor, give it a little tug. Hey, Fluffy. I'll walk sideways, make myself small, give two pets on the butt. Good, Fluffy. And then I walk away. So I'm introducing myself to the dog in as mildly as I possibly can. And we find those types of dogs usually get over that pretty quickly. The ones that are super, oh, I'm going to jump on you and nip on you and tell you that you can never leave me again. Those take some time. Yeah. Because that dog has practiced that behavior for a longer period. So it just takes a little bit longer to work through them. But the separation anxiety is, is a very real thing. Yeah. And the dogs don't understand. Why is my human gone now for four, six, eight, ten 10 hours? Mm-hmm. They hear a noise outside, right? Your neighbor might come home. They hear the car door and they're like, oh, my pet parent's home. They're home. They're home. Starts jumping around. Oh my gosh. Now I got to pee because I thought they were home, but no one's opening the door. more accidents in the house, more destruction in the house. Um, And those exterior noises, we don't realize how much they affect the dog. The house is quiet. I hear a noise. I hear a truck. I hear the neighbor's dog barking. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of those things elicit a response within your own dog. So helping them work through it. uh, I tell people all the time, TV, radio, or a box fan. Those, you know, old school box fans that are $15 that white noise really drowns out a lot. So it's a very cost-effective way to try and help your dog work through those issues. Yeah, I until I started working from home full-time, I didn't realize, I like a quiet house, but it's not good for my pets. So I would run the TV in the background just for that purpose because then I could do my thing. Then I could have, I could do my day as I did. and. Yeah, it definitely all the, well, their hearing is so much better than ours, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. And so what would you like pet parents to know, whether it be a new pet parent or maybe somebody who's been a pet parent for a long time, what are some things that they may or may not know that they don't know? I think one of the things that we work on the most is the relationship building. And people are like, well, I come home, I feed the dog, I let it out, we play some fetch, I come in, I sit on the couch, I eat my dinner. Okay, so what part of that scenario were you building a relationship with your dog? And they'll be like, oh, well, I played fetch. Okay, that's great. Like, that's one piece to it. Does the 
dog know that that's a good bonding moment? Like, do you talk, like you hit on it before, do you talk to your dog? Are you giving him positive accolades? Good boy. Oh, you ran so hard. Are you actually inflicting that upper tone, that excitement piece to release, you know, the happy pheromones going on in your pet? And, and that's the key thing. So a lot of times when people tell us they're, they're not having, the dog doesn't listen, the dog's bullheaded, the dog's, our favorite term is butthead, the dog's <laughs> butthead. And um, we say, okay, here's some basic rules. No more feeding from a bowl. Hand feed your dog, build a relationship, sit on the floor, give them a couple pieces of kibble and tell them what a crappy day you had at the office or your spouse is being a butthead or you know, the kids are running you ragged, whatever. Mm-hmm. Your dog is your therapist. Sit down, hand feed them and have a conversation. That's, that builds a relationship. That's wonderful. I've never heard that piece of advice before. Hand and feeding you, your dog. Hand feed it. Now humanize it. Mm-hmm. What do you do to a baby? You hand feed them. Yeah. Yeah. Here you go. Let me feed you with the spoon. Right. So the baby understands good things come from this nice person who's ooing and eyeing and cooing over me. Yeah. Same concept with the dog, sit down and build the relationship and make sure that they feel it. We know when our dogs are happy, right? We see the tail wag, the ears are perked. You know, if you walk in the door and your dog goes, Oh, it's just you. You don't have <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but they go um, wild when I come like I'm way I'm like a block away and the dogs know that I'm on my way absolutely they can hear the different sound of the car right like they can they know all these things yeah I have clients that tell me they have to go into the garage to call to make their daycare appointment because if they say my business name or my name the dogs lose their minds like oh my god I'm going to daycare <laughs> you know jumping up and down um, so they're smart. They get it. They have a very wide vocabulary, yeah. but build that relationship. Cause if you build that relationship, then any other type of training you want to do with your dog flows into place. Yeah. You say, come the dog goes, oh, last time mom said that I got a piece of Turkey. I'm coming. <laughs> um, and they know, they know that what you're saying has value and has meaning. And, and that's really the important part. So yeah, I, I tell a lot of people, get rid of the bowl. Yeah. And if you don't have the time to hand feed, then you need to make that meal fun. Yeah. So I tell people to scatter feed, um, use a snuffle mat. You can Google that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, do something that's fun for your dog. Mm-hmm. I think when we watch the TV show Survivor and they're like, oh my God, they're on day 32 of eating rice. Blech. What do you think your dog thinks? Oh, there's my bowl with my food. Okay. <laughs> I'm supposed to eat it. If I don't eat it, they're going to take it away or whatever, but let's make it fun. Let's make it a relationship building task. You know, even if you scatter feed, I'm in Wisconsin, it was negative 30 a few weeks ago, take the food. And I just threw it on my kitchen floor and the dog was scavenging it to eat it. And the whole time I'm going, good job. Oh, did you get that one? Way to go, buddy. Right. Like I'm just inflicting that positivity and that dog ate the food and went and took a two hour nap because he was exhausted. Yeah. He had to work for his food. It was a fun game. Mom was telling me how awesome I was. Oof, I've had a full day already. I can go take a nap. And they feel good. They feel that, oh, Absolutely. for lack of a better word, that wholeness, that completeness, 
that yeah. is because you are their world and their world has given them everything they want and need. Yep. Yep. And you know, again, these are smart animals. They've evolved from, you know, chasing cattle. Some still do that. Don't get me wrong, but chasing cattle, hanging out on the farm to being in our homes, being dressed up in beautiful outfits and riding in strollers, you know, through the park. So (laughs) we, we, and that's totally fine. I mean, I have a Frenchie, she rides in a stroller all the time, Yeah. but, uh, and wears cute outfits, (laughs) but uh, you still have to give them what is innately their nature, right? They have three senses that they use all the time, sight, sound, and smell. Let's give them some fun to do with the smell of finding the food, the sight to see it. You know, we're not doing much with the hearing of it unless like you've got a hardwood floor and they can hear it hit. And then that's very exciting. But, you know, give them those things. Let them use their senses. And I can tell you that by utilizing their senses makes them way more tired than just, oh, let's play fetch. Because they know what fetch is. They know you're going to throw the ball. They know they're going to get it. They know they're going to bring it back. No offense. That's kind of boring after a while. So let's mix it up a little bit. It doesn't take a really long time. I mean, what's an extra 10, 15, 20, 25 minutes in your day if it's going to give your dog that much joy, if it's going to calm them, give them what they need, and so that maybe they don't go after your shoes. They don't turn their attention that way. I think that's it's just such a wonderful idea. Yeah, it's, I do the scatter feeding when it's cold on my kitchen floor while I'm preparing my daughter's lunch for school. I'm getting my coffee ready. So I've thrown, I'm like, you ready? Uh, and you always tell them you're, if you're asking them if they're ready, and they're like, oh my gosh, when she says ready, something really exciting is going to happen. They just know that. So I say ready. And I'm like, okay. And I just throw the food all over the floor in my kitchen. I'm like, find it, find it. Good job. The dog's doing all that, right? Burning off all this morning energy. I'm getting my lunch made. I'm getting my daughter's lunch made, getting my coffee in my cup. I'm in the kitchen talking to the dog, giving him all the positive stuff. He gets all the food. I'm like, good, let's go outside. We go outside, we do our business. Then we go into our crate. They've just burned off energy. Now they're going to sleep for a couple hours. And I don't need to worry that the dog is now in the crate going, well, I'm bored. Where's my mom? Yeah. They're tired. Yeah. Yeah. A good, genuine tired is good for everyone. Good for me. Good for the dog. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Eve, I could talk to you forever. I really think, you know, you have some amazing strategies and information and just that broad depth of knowledge. Uh, And I hope you'll come back. Oh, I would love to come back. I, I really, really devote ourselves to our clients, both dog and human, because I think building that relationship just makes everybody happy right um and we love our dogs we love our dogs yeah we do so much with them and they bring us such joy Mm -hmm. you know i tell everybody adopting a dog is cheaper than therapy oh so much cheaper than therapy and it's good for you too uh other other ways health wise and so what is now i'll put this on the website but what is the website if people want to go take a look um after hearing you on the show what website would you like them to go to So uh, the name of my facility is Fun Fur Pets because it's fun and they have fur and they're your pets. (laughs) And we have a Facebook page called Fun Fur Pets Training Program. 
where we show people a lot of techniques and tricks and working with their dogs. Yeah. So that one is very beneficial for people who just want extra things to do um, to check out. So we, all of our board and train dogs, all of our rehabilitation dogs that we work with, um, we post vi their videos on that Facebook page so people can pick up different things. That's, that's wonderful. And of course, I'll have that on the Wide Wolf Love website. Uh, thank you for joining me today. You are very welcome. I look forward to chatting with you again. Oh. Ha <laughs> ha